0: You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. Sorry about the uh, the missed episode yesterday. Uh, if you didn't see on Twitter, I spent two and a half hours on the phone with Sprint, and um, nothing was accomplished, so uh, that time took a significant basically took away my evening, which took away my podcast time. So I just want to apologize and to, uh, to also say, <laughs> screw you, Sprint. But um, in all seriousness, let's talk about a transaction today that involved the Cleveland Indians. And that was that uh, uh, Eric Stemetz signed with the Rockies on a minor league deal. Uh, yeah, he was pretty miserable this year in terms of performance. There was a lot of things that he struggled with. And even the year before, one could say he struggled. He was forced into duty. I mean, not really forced. Good for him. The fact is, playing in the majors changes one's life, it changes his pay scale. I'm very happy for him in that regard. But he was coming off a, a year of struggles and had to start the year in the majors. It was a really rough situation for him to step in because the Indians had completely failed to develop minor league depth at that position. And it wasn't just him, you know, Max Morhoff uh, as well struggled and the Indians just did not have up the middle depth. So these guys had to step in. Now, Eric Stometz was the guy that they got for, I always mess this up, David Murphy. I think that's the right Murphy. For some reason, David and Daniel, I have a hard time in my mind, but you know, this is a kid who was a six round pick out of the University of Evansville uh, from Dublin, Ohio. He's an Ohio kid who got to make his debut with the Indians. He got to play uh, you know years upon years in columbus i think like two maybe three years in columbus his home city and this year when he was playing down there he actually was making enough to live off of because he had that time in the majors nothing came easy for him uh even when the indians got him it was like is he re- you know the the best case outcome was going to be john mcdonald and we'll see what the rest of his career holds but uh you know he can play a good shortstop. He's a good glove. He can he's a plus runner. There's some tools there. I don't know um if he's going to get more than a few more cups of coffee, but it doesn't matter. He made it to the majors. He was on a 40-man roster. He will always have the story of playing in the big leagues and playing alongside some, you know, he can talk about playing alongside some of the Carlos Santana, Jose Ramirez getting to spend time with Francisco Lindor. I mean, he, he got to play with some potential guys, you know, Lindor in particular, who could end up in the Hall of Fame. And on top of that, he can keep playing minor league baseball forever, and he's going to make enough to live because he got that time in the majors. So he'll get this chance now uh, with Colorado, who has a lot of infield depth, but uh, good for him. I, I hope he gets another opportunity. I, you know, it was rough on him this year because his performance was a struggle but i am glad to see that he is still in baseball still getting to pursue his dream and again he still can do some things that are useful he is a nice emergency option to have the problem was for the indians he was not the emergency option he was the only option when they started the year looking for a short stop so let's go through and talk about some other news adam wainwright re-signed with the cardinals one-year deal not a surprise 38 years old more of a back-end guy they have so many back-end arms i don't know what they're gonna do but we'll see uh terms are not released uh i thought it was also something good to look at was now that we know all the qualifying offers and such that when you look at teams that uh that had the qualifying offer to their players the only team that would get a first round pick amongst those 10 players is the minnesota twins if a team signs jake odorizzi then the twins would get a pick you know in between comp a and the second round the other Seven teams, they would all get a pick between Comp B and the third round. So that's a pretty significant difference. And that's because of where they fell in terms of, you know, uh, revenue sharing, the luxury tax, total, you know, money spent. So none of those other teams are going to get better than basically the equivalent of a a third round pick. Well, the Twins could get what basically is like an early second. Um, In terms of what teams could lose, if you get right down to it, Um, Red Sox, Yankees, Cubs are the ones who'd be most penalized. They would lose their second highest pick, I believe, and their fifth highest pick. And they also lose a million dollars from their international pool. So those are the three teams to kind of look at. Uh, I don't think the Red Sox are going to be active at all. Uh, The Yankees, I think, will be. And I don't know about the Cubs. We'll have to kind of wait and see. They're in a really odd situation. I have no idea what the Cubs are going to do. They have some massive needs, but they also have a Um, a roster that is very much nearing free agency, and that's going to be an expensive proposition for them. Uh, They could end up just netting a ton of picks over the next few years. I can't see them letting everyone go, but they are in a very odd situation. And now that I have that set up there, if you remember from Monday's show, it's time to talk about those very same Cubs. The Chicago Cubs, um, as a team, were a disappointment last year. Uh, They struggled in terms of their performance that was very up and down and then they completely fell apart at the end of the year um almost mind boggingly mind-bogglingly bad remember saying like the Pirates were just an absolute free fall and the Cubs were losing games to that team so we talked about the Wilson Contreras they picked up their option on Anthony Rizzo uh you got Addison Russell will be set uh well we'll Nothing's set with Addison Russell. Let's change that. Javier Baez at short. Chris Byen at third base. Uh, Almora, Hayward, and Schwarber were kind of your, your main outfield pieces. So then the question becomes at this point, um, Ian Happ, where is he going to go? Maybe he goes back to playing second. Uh, maybe Almora is on the move after kind of a, a just a, a bad offensive year. Maybe Ian Happ takes over in center field and Almora becomes just a, an expensive backup. Uh, Victor Caratini is ready to step in to catch her if they can find a, a deal that makes sense for Wilson Contreras. And, you know, David Boat, Bote was league average at second base. I don't know if you really want to count on him to continue to, continuing to do that. Robel Garcia was an interesting name to pop up for a time, and he wasn't bad. And why he's interesting is this is a guy who... Back, back, back in the day when MLB was just Jonathan Mayo and he was... Now, as someone who, who does, like, this goes to 11 pieces on, on uh, 24-7 sports, it's really hard to scout the minors. I mean, to be one dude working the entire minors, that is a thankless task where everyone's going to think you're a moron and, frankly, the fan bases probably know the minors better than you do. It's, it's a completely thankless task. So... I remember Mayo having uh, Robo Garcia like ninth or 10th on the Indians top 10 prospect list on MLB. Um, It's even more thankless for him because nothing's behind a paywall. So he just, everyone could go see it. And he was a big price signing who really just didn't work out in the system, didn't progress, was always in the lower minors, went to Mexican uh, Baseball League and was signed out of there this year and played pretty well. Uh, Not great, but he was about a league average bat at second base. But he's, you know, again, we talked about that infield depth. Addison Russell, Javier Baez, uh, David Boat, Tony Kemp, Nico Horner, Robo Garcia. Uh, Can we also talk about the fact that after the Indians cut Carlos Gonzalez, that he went and uh, appeared in 15 games for the Cubs. They were so desperate for outfield help. So, yeah, it's um, an interesting roster. I don't love their minors. Um, That is an area that uh, there's some room for disagreement on. But that's something I don't love. Something I do love is to talk about our fantastic sponsor, which is BlueChew.com. They have been with us from the beginning, and I can't help but thank them for that. Um, without BlueChew, we probably wouldn't have a podcast. They're the ones helping uh, keep the lights on here at Lockdown Indians. They are sponsoring us, keeping helping keep this a profitable venture. So... You know, show some love to Bluetooth because they're showing some love to this podcast, which is free. So, you know, helping out our sponsors is a fantastic way to show support for the podcast. Now, you can go to Bluetooth.com, use the promo code MLB, and you can try their little blue pill. It's completely free. You're just going to pay the 5 bucks, which is the shipping and handling fee. Give it a whirl. If you've tried other things, you can compare it and see what it's like. See, it, since it's chewable, it gets your bloodstream, allows you to have fun quicker. You can try a male enhancement if you've never had an opportunity. At this point, for most of us, it feels like it's been around our whole lifetime. So take advantage. BlueChew.com, promo code MLB. BlueChew's been awesome to us. If you got five bucks, go be awesome to them. And hey, it could be awesome for you too. So the Cubs minor league system. Um... People like it more than me. I'm not high on Horner. I'm not quite sure I get all the love. I did not think he was a first-round pick. I know he's done a lot of things to kind of change his swing and that he could hit for more power. But, I I mean, I see a second baseman who's a a pretty good second baseman. And then from there, it's kind of like, well, what is the rest of these minors? Um, Miguel Amaya is a big-money guy, but he's far away. Same deal with Aidman. I've never been quite sold on Brennan Davis, but again, far away. You're looking for help. You know, As a lay, got called up. Justin Steele down in AA is an interesting lefty. Zach Short, the shortstop. Um, you always got to love the guys. I mean, he's one of those... Uh, Zach... Okay, so Zach Short, in fairness, is a prospect they have that I love. And why do I love someone like him? Well, you know if I love someone, it's because... Statistically, they're doing something anomalous. And Zach Short's walk rate in the minors is he's walking 10%. Or I'm sorry, his walk rate, this is just this across multiple seasons. <laughs> Last year was 13%, which was down because, you know, uh, he was 13 in AAA, 12% in AA. The year before that in AA, he was 15, 14, 18. He just walks a ton. He does strike out a lot. And, uh, you know, he did fall, he didn't hit that many home runs this year, but the year before he had hit 17 in double A. So we'll see what's there. Now, again, this year he only played in 60 odd games. So there's, there's, there's some interesting things. He's a fun guy, just from an, an anomalous point of view, a 17th round pick out of Sacred Heart, not a big program. Um, A shortstop does a lot of things there that, um, especially for a team like the Indians, we talked about at the front who have, a lack of depth up the middle i mean someone like uh zach short is a is an interesting player and yes he is short he's five foot ten so yes go ahead and make the joke okay you done you ready we can move on but yeah i'm not loving these miners. um you know i liked jeremy estrada it hasn't come together for him i thought ethan hearn was an interesting pick again it hasn't come together they've not had a lot of success with their high picks you know brendan little hasn't worked out they just traded away alex lang um who was another recent high pick it's a lot of guys they draft just, you know, they're, they draft some interesting guys and they draft some safe guys, but none of them work. Adam Lasky, who they took a year ago out of Duke, who I thought was going to be a higher pick out of high school. I mean, Danny Holson is still listed amongst their top, uh, top 40 prospects. If you go over to Fangraphs, Danny Holson, who was a Virginia product the same year in the same draft that uh, the Indians drafted Lindor. So yeah, that's, uh, he finally made it to the majors this year just saying. Um, so yeah, that's where you are with these Cubbies. Now, when you look at their pitching staff, Cole Hamels, one of the big pieces, free agent. Uh, you got Hugh Darvish, who surprised me by opting in after a strong second half. Kyle Hendricks is still there. They're paying John Lester. They picked up Quintana's option for another year. Quintana and Lester are probably better than they performed, but still, that gives you four arms, And one of them at Leicester is 35. It's an old group, and they don't have that good minor league depth. Again, their bullpen, Craig Kimbrell, wasn't really very good. Pedro Stroop, not as much. Steve Chiswick is going to be a free agent. Brandon Kinsler is a free agent. Their, Their pen is a bit of a disaster show at this point and going forward with them. So that's definitely... I'm trying to think who else is... You know, they let a lot of guys go in general. So, yeah, it's, it's not a great situation to be a Cubs fan or to be a coach. I mean, Alec Mills is currently projected on uh, Roster Resources to be their fifth starter. Um, here's the other names in their pen for this year. Rowan Wick, Kyle Ryan, Tyler Chatwood, Brandon Weakey, Dwayne Underwood Jr., Danny Holson, and Colin Rhea. If you knew half of those names beforehand, I would be surprised for most fans. Um yeah, I mean only Dwayne Underwood who was an interesting draft pick a few years ago by them, a second rounder, was someone who they developed. I mean, th- this entire pitching staff is been outsourced. So pitching is an issue. Pitching is a need. And again, we go over and we talk about roster resource currently has a uh, Botay listed at second base and Ian Happ in center field uh with Kemp, Almora, Russell, Daniel DeLisco and Victor Caratini on the bench. And again, they can flip uh, Wilson uh, Contreras, and that's going to be to a team that has some pitching depth and some pitching options. Um, The teams that really need a catcher, uh, Cincinnati, I can't see that happening uh, just between those two teams. Um, Cincinnati is also a hot rumor for Yasmani Grandel. The Brewers, again, can't see that happening. The Braves. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. That is where the possibilities begin for me. The Braves, the Mets, and the Angels. Um, Astros as well. And then after that, it's kind of a lot of, eh, I don't really see it as much. Um, I think the Rays are kind of a name to keep in mind as well, especially if they do not bring back uh, Travis Deond, who's a free agent as well. The Braves have the pieces. That's probably the best bet. If you could make a deal where the Braves get Contreras and um, use some of that young pitching depth, someone like a Kyle Wright or someone along that level. That is probably what makes the most sense. Yes, they are in the same league. But if you are if you are the Braves, you know, there's like two catchers on the market and about half the league needs a catcher and you have all this young pitching depth and Kyle Wright's lost a little bit of shine so hey whereas if you're the uh the Cubs you can be like hey finally an arm under 30 who we can pop in this rotation and go so there's there's a degree of logic with both sides with that um also have to point out I forgot to mention that the Cubs you know traded for and then lost uh, Nick Castigliano so they they kind of need a bat um and they need a pitcher and they need a lot of things and that pitching depth is kind of where it picks up. So at this point, I'm having them as they currently are. I'm not projecting them making another trade and then a trade with the Indians. Let's just look at them as they are. They need starting pitching depth. They need bullpen depth. We can't really help them with the bullpen depth because the Indi Oh, I see you used we, I'm sorry. The Indians can't help them with the bullpen depth. Because they need help in their bullpen, let's be honest. That's uh, that's one of those areas the Indians need to look into in this offseason. Um, in terms of their other needs. The Indians can't really help them at second base. Uh, That's another need. Second base is a sneaky need for a lot of teams we've profiled so far. That market um, might be more robust than anyone expects because that is a need for half a dozen teams uh, right now across baseball, if not a full dozen the first player to probably talk about as a target would be Albert Almora. Um, former extremely high draft pick. I think like sixth overall or fifth overall back in 2010. Uh, sixth overall, ha, 2012. Wrong. I went the wrong way from the 2011 draft. Uh, he was the year after, not the year before. But you go back to 2016, limited, and he had a WRC plus over 100. 2017, 132 games, and he's again over 100 uh, there. But since then, eighty nine. And this year was 64. He's not like an old player by any means. You know, he's 25 years old. You might be kind of surprised he's that young. He's a guy who's not going to be a free agent uh, for, what, three more seasons. There's a, you know, he's, there's a lot of potential value there. The problem is, is he going to hit enough to be more than a fourth outfielder? Because the defense is enough to keep him in the bigs. That alone is a carrying tool for him going forward but like this year he had a negative war his career war is uh 2.1 that's not that can't be yeah that could be right 2.1 he's he's been below a league average player I'd have to look at his arbitration he made 6.15 I don't think he's going to be a big arbitration guy um I mean he kind of makes sense for an Indians team that could use like center field depth but uh not a great fit I mean Ian Happ is definitely the guy I would love to get but if he's projecting to start in center field for them and, and how do you make it work? Like Ian Happ for, you know, please act doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. It's not a deal that comes together uh, at all on any level. Um, I'm not going to even touch Addison Russell. I don't think anyone should. So let's just move on from even talking about him. Tony Kemp is interesting because he was a a really cheap get for them. And while he struggled this year with the bat a year ago, he was quite good. Um, His bat pip, this year was extremely low so he's a guy that looks like he's unlucky um could bounce back the walk percentage was down two percentage and the strikeout was up by two percentage points Uh, if i look at something like his ground ball and hard hit rate some of those things like that that we can kind of see if he's putting the ball on the ground more instead of putting it in the air um it is interesting to like look at that data but it's still relatively close so everything shows me that tony kemp is a guy who was Probably unlucky. So, what kind of deal makes sense for the Cubs? Um, if you were the Indians, you probably start with Adam Plutko. He has the least value of any of the Indian starters. Now, he was more effective on a consistent basis than somebody like Plisak, but you have less control with Plutko. The stuff isn't quite as good. He's always going to be kind of a, a marginal guy, but when you're talking about the Cubs right now, a marginal guy sounds pretty decent. Even if he has to flip between an you know, emergency starter and pen roll, Um, Tony Kemp is the guy I would talk about. And the reason that Tony Kemp is such a focus for me is he was unlucky and he can play all three outfield spots and second base. That's just incredibly valuable to a team like the Indians that need infield depth. Um, you know, if they end up not getting anyone in free agency or not, you know, making a maneuver to get a second baseman. And again, that is a market that a lot of teams need it right now, that infielder getting someone like Kemp allows you to have another person to kind of put out there with, Arroyo and Chang, and, and Kemp Chang is not the worst platoon either. Kemp being the lefty and Chang being the righty. You could certainly make those two uh, work, I think. Again, you're buying low on a toolsy guy who can play four spots. But that's it's not quite equal just because of control of Plutko and him just being you know, this ready arm. I'm seeing a trade-in season. Someone had written for the Yankees about Frazier for Plutko. So that's where I kind of come back... <clears throat> And I look at, you know, the prospect system, and Zach Short stands tall. Okay, give me a second. But I would probably try to ask for Brennan Davis. Uh, he is another Will Benson, both good and bad. There is a lot of risk, but there is loud offensive tools and a guy who could be something special. He's a bit away. Uh, if you can't get him, then you kind of have to move around. That's maybe when you will talk about a Zach Short or a cold Roediger or... Maybe you're trying to get someone at that point like Chase uh, Strumpf, or... I, I can't see them trading, even though people aren't as high on Ryan Jensen, but he was their first-round pick a year ago. So yeah, that's what it'd be. I, I'd be looking at Tony Kemp and a prospect, because you're not going to get that pen help. So that's that's kind of what I would see. That, And I think there was a degree of logic in trading a low-end arm. And the Cubs traded a soon-to-be free agent catcher to get Kemp. And, you know, I talked about they've got... Baez, they have Russell. They've got uh, Nico Horner, who's their number one prospect. You spent time in the majors. Robel Garcia, who played really well when he was demoted to AAA. Like, honestly, I wouldn't be upset by getting Garcia and Kemp for, um, especially if I could do those two and Zach's short. I'll be greedy. Those three pieces for Placo I'll jump right now. Um, but Garcia played really well. They have a lot of infield options. They do not have a lot of pitching options. So that is where I'm going. That's where I am uh, hitting with this team. They are the one team that uh, kind of has some choices on the infield. So reading them makes sense because they need to uh, they need arms everywhere. and the Indians can offer arms for infielders, and that is exactly what they should be looking to do this season anyways. Thank you for listening. As always, it's been Jeff Ellis. You can find me on Twitter at Jeff MLB Draft and As always, go Tribe!